I think you used inconsistencies at the beginning. Well, you said like they were not consistent, so I just changed it to inconsistencies. That's fair. Same old, same old. Changing the to the. Changing the to the, but that's not involving a spelling change. That's that's so what not. I mean. It's literally something just on the page. You can that's read how... it as the or the. Exactly. That's how good a sports editor I am. Are you launching this thing or what? Before I get mad. Yeah, I can. I can launch it. I can launch it. I think the optimal time to launch into space is always right when I'm about to get mad at Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I push you to the brink every week. <laughs> that's how. That's how you get me to pay attention. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the DI Scoreboard, everyone. We have a super exciting episode this week. Perhaps my favorite we've ever done. I would assume that would be the consensus with my co-host, Siobhan Shahuja. The DI Scoreboard or the DI Scoreboard? That's the question. I'm doing great. I, Dude, we have a packed episode today. It's awesome. That's, I see. Notice how I changed the subject before you could get mad at me. <laughs> Listen, we'll, we'll cut that out because... I, no, we, my specialty. we who's we <laughs> you'll cut that out uh but yeah very packed episode this week uh we somehow managed to score an interview with iowa women's basketball star freshman point guard caitlin clark um second in the nation in scoring no big deal on a bunch of watch lists got a bunch of, of awards big 10 player of the week big 10 freshman of the week uh nancy lieberman point guard of the award uh point guard of the year award watch list all kinds of good stuff. Um, we also have Chloe Peterson on this week. She was there for the Clark interview yesterday, um, but she also wrote an excellent Amplify front this week. Um, Chloe, do you want to tell us a little bit about that to start, um, or does anyone else have any other opening statements? My opening statement is a lot easier to get Caitlin on this pod than I thought it was going to be. That's so, true. How many yeah. how many emails was it, Chloe? I mean, I went up to her at Carver, and I was I went up to Hannah at Carver, and I was like, "Hey, can Caitlin come on the pod?" And Hannah was like, yeah. And I was like, perfect. We do have so. to appropriately shout out Hannah Osman, um, the Indeed. wonderful Iowa Women's Basketball Sports Information Director on this pod for setting that up and, and helping us out all the time. Um, she bails us out of a lot of pinches, and uh, we really appreciate that from her. But getting back to the Amplify story, Chloe, tell us a little bit about um, your story and, and, you know, what it was like writing that. Obviously, it's a lot. you got a lot of sources for this story, so you have a lot of unique perspectives. A lot of fun sources. It was a it was a fun one to write. I especially like talking to Roxana Scott, who is now the sports managing editor for USA Today. And she she worked for the DI in like the nineties and followed women's basketball to Atlanta for the final four, their only final four appearance ever. It's worth noting that Chloe also talked to some of our friends, some of our DI alums, uh, Anna Kaiser. Uh, shout out to her, one of my mentors. She always told me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. We also had Kim Bates interviewed for the story. Is there anyone I'm missing? Leah Van at the Gazette. Um, She is also one of the only female writers on the Iowa football beat right now. And what what would you say stood out to you most? Um, And you can pick any one thing from any of the interviews you had with some of those women in sports media. Um, One of my favorite things was that Leah Van actually got a degree in biology in Texas, but halfway through her degree, she was like, I don't, I don't want to be a doctor. <laughs> so, but it was too late for her to change her degree. So she just started working at the Daily Texan and then just 
got a job in sports writing with a biology degree and then went to Northwestern. She co- she could have also gone to Columbia because she got into both of them. But then she was she, apparently she got scholarships in Northwestern. So she was like, all right, I'll go there. And now she's in Cedar Rapids covering Iowa football, which you'd love to see. So a question I wanted to ask you is about something that stood out to me in particular uh, was a little anecdote from, from Kim Bates um, about the baseball manager. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? I mean, I think that that was also... That was the second thing I was going to say, but it was very interesting that when Kim Bates was, it was the summer before her last year at Iowa, she had an internship with a a collegiate baseball team and she was one of two female interns on the staff and the general manager decided to tell her that she is not allowed to sleep with the baseball players. And she only told the, her and the other one other woman intern that worked there and he felt the need to tell her that on her first day which was a time for her so one other thing i wanted to ask is where do you think things stand and what have you gathered from talking to these women about what it's like to be a woman in sports media and so i guess i just wanted to ask you where you thought things were going in terms of gender equity in sports media obviously right now it's still a male-dominated field what do you think the key is to making things a little bit more equitable? Um, and how long do you think it'll take to get there? I think the key thing for making it more equitable is making women feel safer in their positions. Because I think one stat I used in this story is that like a third of the women in sports media leave the industry because of harassment or other things that they endure while simply being a woman in sports media. And there have been a lot of like sexual assault things, especially in baseball lately, which isn't a great look for like women who like want to go into sports media or women who want to go into covering baseball. It could deter a bunch of people from doing that. And it's not a good look for baseball either, but that's, that's a different point. But I just think the biggest thing is not really like women will be hired to be in sports position positions. I think at this point, like, They're not going to be turned away just because they're women. It's just the fact that they need to feel safe and valued in their positions and want to stay in the industry. Obviously, you have some perspective here that Shivansh and I don't have. How do you kind of approach those situations on situations that could potentially be uncomfortable? Or how do you kind of settle in knowing that things like that happen in sports media? We'll go with the solid. I've had one bad experience so far. Um, I know there are going to be more but it's the sense of being thick-skinned. I mean, everyone in journalism has to be thick-skinned, but women in sports also very much do. I'm a very sensitive person, but you know, we're, we're working through it. <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> so obviously, let's, let's, let's uh, put Twitter, Twitter aside for a second. Actually, you know what? Let's bring Twitter to the forefront. When you see things <laughs> like... Aside to the forefront. <laughs> I, I want to bring it up um because i think it's interesting and it's something that for me personally i always you know like have to like ugh, shudder at when i see like when when women in sports media will like put out a take on twitter and then like half the comments will be like this opinion is not valid because it's from a woman like ooh, hate that um so chloe i don't know what what you think when you see things like that uh i would imagine it's a lot worse for you to see things like that than it is for me obviously yeah I mean I know I haven't had any experiences with Twitter or with people yelling at me on Twitter yet thankfully 
but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened at some point in my future. But I think it's really just, I think Anna Kaiser actually talked to me about this, about how they're people, they're random people on Twitter. They don't know your life. They don't know your experiences or that you're a very qualified person in sports. So you just have to put them on the back burner and be like, this is one random person's opinion who could be using a Twitter burner account, not to discredit our burner. Love that. I was about to say, what are we saying about burners? That's where we get half our, half our interaction. Shivansh, do you have any last questions for Chloe before we move to the main event of this pod? Uh, no final questions. I, I did want to commend you, though. It's a fantastic story. Um, fantastic read. You, you you really pulled the best out of your sources there. And um, we're all we're all incredibly proud of you, Chloe. Thank you. Shivansh, before we wrap this segment, do you want to give the people a little promo of Chloe's story? Give us a title. Uh, give us those juicy, juicy details where it can be found on dailyisland.com, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I can do that. It is women in sports media making waves in a field dominated by men with a fantastic illustration at the at the top by our design team, Chloe Peterson. Fantastic article. Give it a read on dailyisland.com. It's in print as well, correct? Yeah. On newsstands as of Wednesday. Nice. Uh, as is a special advertisement for this specific episode of the DI scoreboard. So I guess to, to wrap this all up, I want to first congratulate Chloe on the successful use of a colon in the headline. Uh, that's sick. You love to see that. Um, I, I have never used one. I would love to, though. I've tried M-dash in a headline before. Uh, that got shot down very quickly. I think I used a colon in a headline. If I've done it, Austin hasn't done it. I mean, that speaks volumes about me. But anyway, well, maybe it speaks volumes about Shivanch, though, because I guess of the two of us, who's won, who's won a writing award? Shivanch. So That's fair. I feel like um, you mention this very often. I, notice how I don't bring it up. It's always Austin and, and Robert. So <laughs> I just I just kind of have to go with it. Hey, I have to, like, bury myself deep down in a hole and, and take the humble pie, you know? <laughs> what can I say? Shivanch is the goat, and I am just you know, Tony Kukoc. Before we throw it to the interview, which I'm going to let that comparison slide off. <laughs> before, <laughs> before we throw it, I want to say that not today when we're recording this, but today when this episode comes out, it is Austin's birthday, something that we forgot to do for, <laughs> for Robert. And I baked Austin a cake. So if you're hearing this on the day it comes out or even well after, I really don't care. Just tweet Austin a happy birthday. <laughs> The king of segues. All right. From my 21st birthday to our interview with number 22, Caitlin Clark, please enjoy. We're super excited about this. Um, and tweet at us if you like the episode, uh, either Siobhan, Chloe, myself, or Kelsey, whichever you prefer. All four of us. Tell your All friends, too. Yeah, tell your friends. But without further ado, here's Caitlin Clark. All right. Well, very special episode this week, Shivanj. Super excited. Probably my favorite thing we've ever done. Um, super excited to welcome uh, Iowa women's basketball's freshman point guard, Caitlin Clark, to the show. Caitlin, how are you today? Good. Thank you guys for having me on. Of course. So I wanted to start with the question that has been on my mind just watching you play in general. And when you pull up from way downtown, A, how confident do you feel shooting that shot? And B, when it goes in, I mean, you have to feel like the coolest person on earth at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to shoot it, you better be confident is kind of what I tell myself. So um, honestly, I, I like shooting those shots. Um, I always think 
whenever I shoot, I think it's going in unless I know it's really off. But uh, when it goes in, I get pretty excited. Maybe I don't show it, but it feels good for sure. So do you like have a specific player you like model your game off of? Like is Steph Curry someone like you watch and be like, yes. I want to be like that player. I want to be able to shoot from distance or. Yeah. Um, I watch Steph a lot. I honestly would say probably my favorite player is Kevin Durant. Um, I just think he's so athletic and can do so many different things, especially on offense. Um, that's why I like his game. He's tall. He's lanky. He can drive, he can shoot. So I'd probably say he's my favorite player to watch. Um, mine is kind of related, but I know you mentioned a couple weeks ago that you were like obsessed with UNC as a kid. Yep. And I just want to know how that came about. Yeah, um, I was super obsessed. I mean, my whole room was decked out in North Carolina. I had my mom repaint it baby blue and navy just because I love them so much. I got these North Carolina stickers. I had this huge North Carolina basketball above my bed. Um, But honestly, that came about just North Carolina, obviously, maybe not this year, but in the past, they've just been so good at men's basketball was honestly men's basketball more than women's basketball. Um, So I would always watch them watch them on TV. And then when Harrison Barnes, who played at Ames, he was an Iowa kid. Um, decided to go to North Carolina. I, I became a, a big fan. Um, he was probably one of the best basketball players the state has ever seen on the men's side. So um, I just became a big fan then. I, ha- I got the – Shields was selling the number 40 North Carolina jerseys at the time, so my dad got me one of those for Christmas one year. So um, I was definitely all in on the, on the North Carolina for sure. Kind of on that same accord, you know, watching kind of the recruiting process with you, obviously you had a lot of schools – um, you know, offer you to go there and uh, different things like that. How did you finally decide on Iowa, especially living close, so close to Iowa State and having a lot of other prominent schools in the sport offer you? Yeah, um, I think the biggest things for me were just one, it being so close to home. Um, it was like the perfect distance being an hour 45, not too far, but also not too close. Like you said, Iowa State's a little closer, maybe a little too close. Um, and then just the ability to come in and, and make an impact right away with Kathleen graduating and going to the WNBA, I thought um, it, I could step into that point guard role and earn that. And then um, I wanted to go to a program where I could take them back to the final four and do something special that, that maybe hasn't been done in a while. I know it's a little bit of a weird year, obviously, for everyone with everything going on, but just around campus and around Iowa City, are you starting to get recognized by people just out and about? Yeah, I do. I honestly don't go out in public that much just because of COVID and having to be safe. So I, it'll be interesting to see like maybe after the season and, and at, like that. But I did go to Megan Meyer, who's on our team, has a little sister, Macy Meyer, who plays for Attack. And I played for all I would attack. That was the club team I played for. And I went and watched her play at like the new extreme center um, down in Coralville, in Coralville by 30 Hop. And there was quite a few little kids that came up and asked us for pictures, which was kind of kind of cute to see. When you're like getting asked for photos and stuff, does everything kind of become real for you? You're like, whoa, I, yeah. I am now to like this public status where I'm, I'm kind of popping, you know? Yeah, it, it is kind of weird because um, I feel like I was just that little kid. If like an Iowa women's basketball player or somebody like good at basketball showed up at like one of my basketball games, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like one, I need to play good. So they notice me and two, I want a picture with them. So it's definitely a little weird. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm in the, I'm, that person that they're looking up to now but it's definitely cool how do you come to grips with pressure like that like if you're you're like all the eyes are on you like obviously if I was in that situation I would completely melt down how do you kind of <laughs> handle that pressure yeah um I think you just can't get too caught up in it I think you still need to be yourself um I think you have to be more than than your sport um be more than basketball um have that different side of you where you can step away from the game and and be be yourself so 
I think that's huge as well. And kind of like to wrap up this like little topic here, I wanted to ask you about like what this year has been like for you. Obviously you haven't gotten like the classic freshman experience on campus or with like in terms of fans at Carver. Yeah. Um, What would you take away from this season? And like, how do you think about that and like process that? Yeah, I think it was almost kind of better for me in a way. Maybe not the having fans part and whatnot, but like if I was a sophomore or junior, you would expect to be going to class in person or having those fans in the arena every single night. So I didn't know any different, which I think kind of gave me a little bit of an advantage compared to some of our upperclassmen having to adjust and change. Um, but it's definitely been different for sure. And But I am looking forward to being able to go to class in person, do all those normal college things, especially after the season's over and then moving in towards the summer when things should clear up more and then getting back into Carver next season. And, and hopefully it should be rocking for sure. Are all of your classes like online right now or like for the entire team or is everyone's classes yeah, online? I think pretty much everybody is online. I think maybe a couple science majors have a lab or two in person that they just have to go to. But um, I think they've even been like asking to be lab partners with each other just to even be more careful so they didn't have to work with other students, which, which is smart of them to do as well. What has kind of been going through and adhering to all the protocols been like this season. Um, you know, how taxing is that on you? I know a lot of athletes I've talked to have said like, we got to get up early in the morning to go get tested every day. What has that been like? Yeah, um, I would definitely agree with those people that have said that. I think that's one of the biggest things is just having to wake up every morning and go to Carver and knowing you're not even going there to practice, but just to do a COVID test. One, you have to put something up your nose and two, you don't get to sleep in. So um, it's not very enjoyable thing, but it's just something you got to do. And I think it's almost just become part of our routine now that we're just so used to it. Um, At first it was different. It was, it was weird, but I think we're all, all used to it. And we know that if we want to be able to play basketball, this is what we have to do. So we're totally up for it. Um, we've taken the challenge and I think we've done really well with it. Obviously everything is like really structured at the college level in terms of like, you know, your routine and like when you practice, when you sleep, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been like the hardest thing for you to adapt to in terms of that? Um, obviously like maybe a little less, you know, structure in high school to now. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would say I like the structure almost. Um, I feel like I have a lot more time to focus on basketball now, Um, especially like in high school. I feel like I was taking a lot of pointless classes or doing a lot of busy work. Um, Now I'm taking like classes that actually are important for my major and my future. So I think like there's more purpose to what I'm doing, more structure, like you said. Um, Basketball is obviously a big part of what I'm doing. I have a lot more time to put in work um, outside of practice, whether that's shooting, watching film. So Um, I think time management is huge as well. Just being able to manage all those things, especially with games right now, being on the road and things like that. How different has that been, the travel as well? Um, Obviously in high school, you're well, you've played pretty prominently like on travel teams and stuff. So I guess like the, that hasn't been that huge an adjustment for you or has it? Yeah, that would be a little more in the summer. So I wouldn't have to do as much school then. And I feel like these last couple of weeks of like big 10 play, we've traveled a little more. We've had like three games in a week. And I've, I've totally been starting to feel that, that pressure, getting schoolwork done, staying on top of classes, um, focusing on basketball at the same time. Uh, so I think again, time management is huge. And I think student athletes have to figure that out quickly. And it's something I had to figure out quickly, but I think overall we have great resources to help us with that. Our coaches help with that. Um, we have support staff to help us with that. So 
overall, I think I've done pretty well with the adjustment, but it's definitely been a grind lately, but this is the best time of the year, March for basketball. So I'm looking forward to it. I know you played with like Paige Beckers, I think it is on team USA and you two are both like the front runners for the national freshman of the year. So just like, what's it like playing with her and then seeing her do what she does at UConn? Yeah, me and Paige are pretty good friends, actually, which I think a lot of people think we're like enemies, which is kind of funny. Um, if you go on Twitter, people will be, be hating on both of us and think we just want to kill each other. But no, I, I love Paige. It was I was actually teammates with her twice on the U16 team and the U19 team. So she was probably one of the people I hung out with the most. Um, she's really fun. She's down to earth. Um, she's kind of like me outgoing likes to have fun it's not all serious basketball all the time so um, honestly I've been following her career a lot she's been following mine Um, we'll text back and forth when each other has a good game which is is cool to see and I think more than anything we're just big fans of each other um, which is I think is great for women's basketball I think the the more players we have that are great is just better for the sport overall where do you feel like women's basketball is as a sport right now obviously the WNBA is becoming more and more popular in the United States um, where do you feel like the sport can go in the future? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely on the rise. Um, in college, I think there's just more and more teams that are becoming great. I think, especially in March Madness, you're going to see, especially this year even, you're not, you don't know who's going to win it all. I think in past years, it's been maybe UConn, Stanford, like it's between a select few. But I think as each year progresses, we're seeing more and more teams have that opportunity to swoop in and and get an upset or two, which I think is great for the game. It brings more attention. Um, Those are the games fans like to watch. They like to see upsets. That's what March is about. Um, I think the boys' side has a lot of that. So um, it's great to see the women's game improving in that way. And then for the WNBA, I think that's progressing more and more. Um, They're expanding teams. It seems like they're adding a team here and there every so so often. So um, that's great. The pay is going up. Um, we're starting to get more games on, on the ESPN networks, um, things like that. And I just think overall, there's more and more attention, um, focused on women's basketball. I wanted to ask you about, um, cause you mentioned like the, like how mean Twitter can be basically, how do you like ignore the like Twitter coaches or how do you handle that and take that in stride? Yeah. Uh, I think overall you just can't be on it too much. Cause I think it can totally be negative at some times, but I think at other times it can like make you too excited about yourself, give yourself a big head. Um, people will overhype you for sure. So, um, or overhype your team or certain things like that. So um, overall, just not be on it too much. Uh, you can look at it, whatnot. Everybody has it. Everybody's on it. Um, nowadays, it's just a part of life. So um, you definitely have to have balance in it for sure. Over the weeks, like in terms of like when you kind of, started winning all these awards and stuff have your mentions have you seen your mentions like blow up more recently yeah I they they've been blowing up recently quite a bit but honestly I don't even go through them and look at them uh I actually have my notifications turned off for Instagram and Twitter so they it doesn't light up my phone so I don't really know when it's going on but yeah I don't really look at it too much um when I do open the app it does still light up but it's a little annoying but I, I honestly don't even look at it that much so I know Chloe was at Carver um, when you guys upset Michigan. Um, and there was a big delay before that game. And I kind of wanted to ask what you did to stay occupied for four hours. <laughs> Honestly, I, I had to go get PCR first. We had to go get our test done. And then I went back and hung out at, because I live in the dorms right now. And Gabby and Megan uh, live over at Riverside Apartments where a lot of our team lives. So I went over there and we honestly just hung out and watched Netflix. 
Um, and we're just chilling, just trying to keep our, we're like, oh, do we think we're going to play? Do we think we're going to play? Waiting for official word, waiting for our test results. Um, I think a lot of us wanted to nap, but we couldn't because we were so amped up. Uh, we were we were ready to play a game. So uh, we were still pretty fired up. But um, honestly, just a weird day, but it's a weird time right now. So what can you expect? How challenging was it to get ready for the same game twice in one day? Yeah, um, definitely challenging for sure. I honestly, when I arrived at Carver, I was a little tired, but once we started warming up, we were just fired up from the whole day. We were excited. And I knew when we were running out out of the tunnel to take the court, like we just had this different energy about us. I could just feel it. So I, I wasn't surprised we won. I had this really good feeling that we were going to. Yeah. You mentioned you weren't surprised that you won. Were you you surprised that you won like by that much like it was I believe like 20 point 22 point difference yeah I wouldn't say I was surprised that we won by that much but we did start the game off getting up early right away um and I was expecting them to make a run at some point just because they're that good of a team they were ranked 12th in the country so um I was I knew I was kept saying they're gonna make a run they're gonna make a run they went on a little one I think in the second quarter but after that credits to us we just kept pounding and pounding we never let up on the gas and I think that's honestly why we won by so much. We just kept hitting shot after shot and played great defense. So not to shift gears really quickly, but I'm, I'm here to ask the important questions. Um, what do you watch <laughs> on Netflix? What like is your favorite show right now? Do you have one thing like you're obsessed with? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to finish Shit's Creek right now. So I'm, I'm almost done with that one. I don't know what I'm going to move to next, but um, yeah, I'm almost done with that one. It's a really good show. It's pretty funny. I don't know if you guys seen it, I- but. Yeah, I watched it, I think, over quarantine, and I was like, this is the best thing yeah. I've ever seen. It's pretty good. I'm almost done. I think I have a few more episodes. It's a great show. I recommend it to everyone. So as someone who's, like, totally uncultured, both of you, either of you can answer this question. What makes that show special? I have no idea what it's even about. The dry humor, for sure. If, if you're a sarcastic person and, and you like, I don't know, I mean, it's just funny. It's almost a kind of a joke at sometimes in a way. Um, I don't know. I, I just I find their humor funny, so that's why I like it. And just like the characters themselves are funny, it's not even the jokes they make, just how they act. It's just yeah, for fantastic. Sure. I totally agree. I tend to watch your guys' games uh, again over highlights just to make sure that I know what's going on with with, uh, <laughs> with all the teams, really. So um, one thing that I definitely notice in a lot of highlight reels is you're always just around the basketball no matter what. And it's something that I notice in a lot of the more experienced players, especially on Iowa's team. I wanted to ask mm-hmm. how much of that would you say is instinct and how much of that is just watching tape of your opponents and through practice and everything? Sort of why are you always around the basketball? Yeah, I think, I think it's half and half. Um... I think film is more important. Like as you get into college, everybody's watching it. They're not, they know what you're going to do. Um, whatnot. But at the same time, I think I have good basketball instincts that just lead me to make basketball decisions. So um, overall, I'd totally say half and half. Maybe I don't need to be around the ball as much as I am. And coach Bluter might not want me around the ball as much as I am. But uh, I think that goes back to the instinctive part for sure. How comfortable are you playing off the ball? Obviously, when you're like so accustomed to having the ball in your hands all the time, that's yeah. quite a change of pace. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something that I can develop more and more. Um, I don't always bring the ball up, especially um, off of a missed shot. We we try to just outlet it to the to the nearest guard. So um, I kind of become a ball magnet sometimes wanting to bring the ball up. But um it's not something we emphasize all the time, but I think that's definitely an area I can grow for sure. I'm definitely more comfortable with it in my hands 
than playing off the ball, but I think you can be just as effective playing off the ball. And that's something I, I continue to work on. I wanted to ask you about um, like speaking of having the ball um, in key situations, like how do you have that sort of Mamba mentality where like you're down two with five seconds to play and like you can make a shot to tie or win the game. Like how do you right. get to a point where you want the ball in that situation? Yeah, I think it all goes back to confidence and, and what you practice and what you put into the game. Um, I'm in the gym a lot. And honestly, those are the, the shots that you're playing over in your head when you're shooting alone in the gym. Like those are the moments you want to be in. Um, you're not going to make all of them. You're definitely going to miss a few here and there. So um, that, that feeling definitely stings and that makes you want to make the next one because there's going to be a lot of opportunities. So as I said, I think it comes back to confidence. And I think I'm confident in my shot. I'm confident in my teammates. And I think overall that just makes me want to step up to the plate and hit that big shot. How would you characterize your offensive game? Because some, at some points watching you this season, I've, I'm like, wow, that's pretty much looking effortless for her tonight. Oh man, that's hard. Um, I just think there's so many different things you could characterize it as. I mean, I play fast, maybe, maybe a little out of control sometimes, but I like, I like to go fast. Um, I like to push the ball. I don't know. I would just say it's fun basketball. I think our team plays a fun style of basketball. Um, we're enjoyable, enjoyable to watch. I think fans like watching us because um, we push the ball, we score points. Um, maybe we need to defend a little better, but um, people are there to watch the offense. So uh, that's what we're trying to give them. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you kind of on that same note, the individual awards have kind of been piling up for you this season. My first question is, do you get like a physical, like a big 10 player of the week's award or like a plaque or a sheet of paper or yeah, I think they send them to the offices. I honestly physically have never ha had one in my hand. Maybe I'll get it at the end of the year. Hannah probably gets them to her office, honestly. So, um, yeah, I think they do do that. Um, but a lot of it, I honestly just see either Coach Booter one tells me, Hannah tells me too, or I'll see it on Twitter or something. So I haven't got anything physical. I think Hannah, Hannah hand handles that a little more than I do. <laughs> and I know I've asked you a couple of times about – something that you've won and you're like did I do that like do you pay attention yeah. to yeah. all the I awards mean, and recognitions you have yeah I mean when I I don't really know about breaking records and whatnot like I obviously don't keep track of anything like that that's why I, you caught me off guard that one time I did I had no clue I, I had to look up at, at Brandy and ask her if this was true because I didn't want to say anything if it wasn't but no, um, overall, I'm just focused on winning. And I think that's just my focus going into every game. I'm not like, oh, my gosh, I need to score 30 points. Like, I used to, as you saw at Wisconsin, um, if I'm not shooting the ball good, I try to help my team in other ways and, and get people open that are shooting the ball, like Gabby when she was knocking it down or Monica inside. So, overall, just trying to help the team in any way I can and, and, and get the win. So, you've taken off pretty quickly, and we mentioned all the individual awards. What do you think has made you, like, able to – you know be so good so fast like it was literally from your first game this season yeah I think I've definitely grown also as well but I think my experiences with USA basketball and playing with older girls um, like I got to play with girls that were in college when I was a senior in high school so um, I think that almost got me a step ahead and I and I was also coached by coaches and um, at the college level uh, the coach from UCLA coach from Louisville I mean those are two top two programs. Those are blue buds. So that those coaches know what they're, they've, they're doing. They've been, they've been in college basketball for a while. So I think I learned a lot from those experiences and, and it almost got me a step ahead coming into college now. 
was it easy to build a you know a solid connection with all your teammates right off the bat uh coming in yeah um i think that's kind of one thing the iowa program kind of prides ourselves on is our culture and our family we have here so um i remember the all the girls reaching out to me while we were still at home like they just got sent home from college and they're just texting us and like if you have any questions it was before we had to move in and they're just like we're here for you and they took us out for ice cream the first day we moved in um it's it's truly a family and we all care about each other. And I think that's, that's what makes us so great. Um, I think that totally affects our play on the court. We have great chemistry off the court as well. So um, it's definitely a family for sure. And this is kind of on the same note, but I know Sharon and Monica, like since they're the same like position, Monica mentors, Sharon, was it any, was it difficult for you at all to not have that kind of mentorship when you came in? Yeah. I mean, obviously there wasn't a point guard with Kathleen leaving, but um, I think, uh, Z and Lexi, two captains, they've been here, they're guards. Um, they kind of know what the coaches expect and what they wanted. I think they kind of took me under their wing along with Kate Martin, who's another captain. Um, they kind of taught me the ropes. Um, when I didn't know things, I went to them. They helped me out. Um, and honestly, I'm still learning um, and adjusting. I don't know everything. I have places to improve into. So um, I think overall, even though I didn't have that, say that point guard person, I still think our captain stepped into that role and, and helped lead in a great way. I wanted to ask you about um, Megan Gustafson and Kathleen Doyle. A, a lot of people have kind of been like, okay, first Megan Gustafson, then Kathleen Doyle. And now like Hawkeye fans are blessed enough to have Caitlin Clark play for their team. How, how much of like an honor is it to be in that sort of same category with them? Yeah, it's definitely an honor. Um, those are two of the Hawkeye greats of all time right there. Um, that's why Megan's jersey is hanging up right above the hoop. So um, uh, it's definitely an honor, but uh, I still have four years to go. So I think there's a lot of great things that can still happen. Um, I think we're, we're only at the beginning and there's just so much room for me to improve, for this team to improve. And I think even better and better is coming. So let's say four years down the road, like you're getting ready to graduate. Do you think Caitlin Clark's jersey can hang in the Raptors at Carver someday? Well, first of all, I hope there's a Final Four banner hanging before my jersey's hanging. Um, but, I mean, that would definitely be something cool. That would be an honor um, more than anything. And, honestly, there's been two great players to wear 22 before me. So, um, it wouldn't just be me hanging up there. Um, there's Kathleen. There's Sam Logic. So, um, they kind of paved the way for this program as well. So And going back into the distant future, in four years, do you see yourself going to the WNBA? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely my goal for sure. Um, I think the WNBA will only get better and better um, before I leave and hopefully get drafted to play there. That's definitely my goal. But I think there's just, again, so much room for me to improve and get better before that happens. And obviously a lot of things to accomplish here at Iowa still um, before that time comes. So to kind of wrap up here, Chloe and Shavanch, do you have any other questions before I kind of ask this final question? I think my last question would be the final question you have in mind too. So no. <laughs> okay. I will fire away. Um, you've talked about the final four multiple times tonight. I, I wanted to ask you about, you know, what you feel like the ceiling is for this team this year and how you are, you know, mentally preparing for big 10 and NCAA tournaments that are, you know, coming up next week. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously I think we're playing our best basketball right now, which is super encouraging. This That's when you want to be playing your best basketball. Um, obviously we have a challenge tomorrow in Indiana. I think that'll show us again where we're at. Um, but I think coming off the Michigan win, coming off the Wisconsin win, 
Um, everybody's excited. We know we can get this win. Obviously, a big challenge. We got them on the road, so that presents another challenge in itself. But overall, we'll go into the Big Ten tournament um, again, hoping hoping to be Big Ten champs. Um, that's our goal. Uh, we think we can do that, but obviously you're going to have to beat some great teams. Um, it's the best conference in the country. So, and honestly, that's, that's what you want to play in. So the big 10 is great. And then moving forward to the NCAA tournament, um, we'll figure out our seed who we're playing, but I think you got to take that game by game. Cause those aren't teams you usually play. Those aren't teams you play in your conference. Um, you got to lock in and, and be ready for, for the full 40 minutes. Yeah. What steps are there left to take for this team to be fully prepared and, you know, to get to the level you want to be at the end yeah. of March. Yeah, I think more than anything, it's going to come down to our defense. Um, if our defense is at the level it needs to be, I think like you saw versus Michigan, the reason we won by 22 points wasn't because our offense. Our offense is always scoring about 85 points a game. So um, it's when our defense is great that leads to even better offense. So I think that rebounding and turnovers will be be our keys to success coming down in March. Awesome. That is all I have. I really appreciate, and obviously all of us appreciate you agreeing to hop on and talk to us. Um, we'll have to do it again sometime soon. Yeah, really for appreciate sure. You. I enjoyed sure. it. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks so much. Yeah, Kevin. of course. Yeah, thank yeah. you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the DIS Scoreboard with Caitlin Clark. Um, I'm your host, Austin Hansen. Oh, as always, alongside my co-host, Shaman Chahuja. Thanks to Chloe Peterson and Kelsey Harrell for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. We thank you for listening. We hope you join us again next, next week. As always, this podcast is presented by absolutely no one at all, Shavanch. Uh See you all next week. Maybe Menards. This is what happens when Kelsey little, doesn't show little, up. A little peek behind the curtain for everyone. We're recording far past when we normally do. It's 9.20 p.m. and we're just all out of it. I can't wait to see what segue Austin cooks up for this one. I'm, I'm thinking. I can see the gear turning. It's like when Patrick's thinking and smoke's coming out. Okay, but editing audio is very satisfying. Mike. yeah you want to edit the podcast Chloe <laughs> if you find it satisfying I will happily hand it over to you I'm doing some super sleuth detective work here super uh, sleuth detective where Chloe is google.com <laughs> that's hey, super listen. sleuth detective work nowadays mm. I was going to say something but I forgot <laughs> that's the name of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something, but I forgot. Right, Brought to you by the Daily Island. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior, Mitchius Trubiscus. All right, let me stop recording.